there comic clan and welcome to Comics in the Cross, the greatest streamers you have never heard of. I of course am your host Cross along with my partner in crime Nitro. Say hi to the people Nitro. Hola. People this list? is weird. Nope. That, this that's is, not real. This is weird. This is weird. Let's let's, so let's let's address the elephant in the room, shall we? Uh, we're both drinking zero-calorie sodas, zero-calorie ginger ale. That's the first elephant. And the second elephant is we've changed days and parts of the day. Mm -hmm. We're now Monday nights instead of Sunday afternoons, and it is freaking bizarre. It's really weird. Honest. Like, literally, yeah. we launched at 2 o'clock on Sundays. Like, with this, this was our first ever show was doing the podcast. So to change this time up feels a bit bizarre, but it is all for a good purpose because well, um, GA no, no, has no, no. Um, started working. Um, we were on a one-income home here because Jay was helping out and um, taking care of our eldest son and doing all his sort of stuff. But the honest truth is the cost of living just got too much for one income. It was just impossible to do. Yeah. Um, so we had to finally just kind of give in and take on another job we didn't want to cause... but thankfully she was able to get a job nearby she was able to get a job in the evenings and on weekends excuse me so literally she works in the evenings, I work in the mornings get off, take the kids she works in the evenings but she has Mondays off for um, taking her son to therapy so Monday evenings are free so Sundays she's working we can't do the podcast at that time because I've got the kids so it was a necessity to move to this time and for anyone that's checking us out for anyone that usually tunes into the podcast that is having trouble tuning in on a Monday evening <laughs> as opposed to a Sunday I am sorry for that change um, I, love know, you. I know it's going to throw everyone's schedules off that usually comes and hangs out with us I appreciate y'all um, but yeah it was just it was a necessity Good news, though. It's good news. Yeah, it is good news. Um, also, as well, the other big change is that the podcast is going from weekly to bi-weekly. Um, we are going to be sharing Monday nights with our D&D stream, Let the Good Times Roll, which is still on course. It will not be launching on the 1st of September, like we had originally planned. It will be launching next Monday on September 5th. So September 5th, here at 8.30... Ready? You ready? Oh, I'm ready, man. I've been ready <laughs> since we freaking started talking about it, man. I've been waiting for this. I've got to research magic, just in general. But, yeah, so you're only going to be getting the podcast itself every other Monday. Um, and Let the Good Times Roll, our D&D stream, will be the other Mondays. Um, just the new schedule and the way things are going. Um, our other streams will still be here. I will still be gaming on Tuesday nights. Jay is Wednesdays off, so she's going to try gaming on Wednesday nights here on the channel. Not a guarantee at this point because she's now working. She's got the kids. She's got her own stuff with my cup of tea along with Nitro's wife, Phil Canadian. Um, which, by the way, their second episode dropped last week, so definitely go and check that out. Um, but yeah. So, and then, Nitro, you're still doing Art of the Hero kind of on and off? Yeah, probably on and off. Uh, we'll play it by ear to see how it goes. Uh, like I said, my little girl just started school this week, kindergarten, so it's really hectic in her house right now. Not as hectic as your house, obviously, but it's, hectic, it's more hectic than I'm used to. I'll just put it that way. So, and that's we'll, it. We'll see how it goes. You know, and that's the thing. Like, we're, we, we're streaming when we've got the time to, so if you guys yeah. are not able to catch us live here on Twitch, then... 100% you can always catch us either on YouTube where you can go and catch the 
uh, the VOD is there, which also go and check out all of our YouTube channels. Now we have multiple YouTube channels and uh, where you can go and do the podcast is on our main channel that everyone is was already checking out. But we also have the Comics and the Cross Gaming, Art of the Hero, and then there's a channel as well for Let the Good Times Roll and um, where our um, D&D streams will be getting uploaded to as well. So you can catch the video on demand for the podcast there, or you can go and catch it on Anchor or wherever you get your podcast from. Um, and then of course we've got the audio for like the Good Times will be going up in its own podcast as well, but I don't have a link for that yet because the site won't let me make it until I've got an episode. So, but by all means you can catch up with what's going on here but tonight interestingly enough we are not kicking off with a typical podcast we are kicking off with an indie comic book club which i'm grateful we're getting to do this tonight because as of last week we were doing this on sunday um but we are talking the undiscovered country yes undiscovered country phenomenal book from image comics and um, scott snyder charles soul writing it bunch of different artists and colorists working on this there's a whole mass team on the front cover of this mm-hmm. um but yeah undiscovered country i think for the first time i heard about the premise of this i was very taken with it and i think i kind of piqued your interest when i told you the premise of it as well yeah yeah it's, um, it was extremely interesting so what were your thoughts when i first um told you about um undiscovered country and what are kind of your just a little overall thoughts at the moment, and we'll start delving deeper. Yeah, I thought it was a unique concept. I'd never heard anything like it before. You know, uh, United States is has been closed off to everything, to aid, to conver- you know, um, not conversation, aid, communication, um, any type of uh, immigration in or out. It's been closed off, walled off for thirty years, and this group gets sent in and gets to go in for the first time in thirty years. And what are they going to find? And the way that that was like proposed, I was like, dude, that's sweet. That sounds awesome. You could, it could be anything. Like, it could be any genre. It could, you know, it it could happen. So I was really excited when I got the book. The art is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. The, specifically, the colors that are used throughout the book um, are very appealing, and they're they're used very strategically to indicate um, like what's going on in the what's going on at at the time. Um, I know you and I have kind of had a mini conversation on this. <clears throat> I didn't. I like the book. I just wish it would have answered more questions than it posed. Yeah. Like there was, there's a lot of stuff that it brought up or that it introduced that wasn't either addressed again or wasn't tied off. And you know, we've read enough volume ones to know that normally, <laughs> normally after the first volume, you have a pretty good idea what's going on. Yeah. And then uh, subsequent volumes will expand on the lore or expand on the the initial premise right this one is completely different i think in my opinion um like it introduces a lot but i still honestly i don't really know what's going on (laughs) like even with some of the characters like the main guy the main bad guy which i know we're going to get into some spoilers here so just a heads up if you haven't read it and you are planning on reading it oh yeah 100 we are full spoil on this book if you don't have the nikonovic club we are spoiling the book we're going full depth into this here yeah and, and to be fair, this book is a, is a one of three volumes, okay? So mm-hmm. it's meant to be told as a story as a whole, but obviously we're just judging it on the first volume because I haven't read two or three. 
But there's a lot of characters that are introduced, in my opinion, that I don't... Like, they weren't developed enough, unless, again, that's going to be explained in future volumes. Like, I'm thinking about Destiny Man, who's the main bad guy, who I really don't know a whole lot about, you know? Well, see, that's um, the got... thing. That's the thing, is like, I can almost um, disagree with that. Like, I feel like the way it ends with Destiny Man is not really going to continue on with him. But I feel like there's so much, like, character development. Like, when you're talking, like, the main group of the Americans, like, that, or the those that come into America, it's like... Mm -hmm there's so much development like we get backstory in all of them yeah and it's like it's very different in that sense because usually you would get like the main the main characters obviously the brother and sister mm -hmm. um, Daniel and Charlotte what was the last name Hargreaves I think so I completely have lost the name I had it there in my head but Daniel and Charlotte are basically like the main characters the brother and sister part of the team that's getting sent in there and it's like you you would think you were getting their backstory you would think it's all about them but we get backstories on all the characters that are coming in with them it's just graves daniel and charlotte graves okay yeah um it's like, but you think we're getting their backstory you think it's all about them it's all about what's going on with them and it's like okay yeah we do get that and there's a lot to it but there's also still a bit of a mystery to them but we also yeah. get all the other characters that are traveling with them and their backstory and a little bit of what's going on with them and why they're on this trip and stuff and I do feel I do definitely get it like it's it can be very confusing where it leaves off at the end of volume one it can be very hard to track all the moving pieces mm -hmm. but I feel like for the story that's to come there's a lot of set up there yeah and I mean I judge I when we when we review these volumes i judge the book on whether or not i want to continue reading it yeah if i don't want to continue reading it then I, I wasn't a huge fan if i want to continue reading then i liked it and i want to continue reading it like i think about chew when we did chew we read one volume and i was like i'm good i don't need to read anymore i'm okay yeah you know? absolutely uh, but this one like I'm, I'm definitely interested to see what happens like it's scott freaking snyder he knows what he's doing you know yeah and, and the other people in the book they know what they're doing it's just, and I agree with you with the, with the main subset of characters. I feel like the the character development on that was really good, but like particularly with the characters like Uncle Sam and and Destiny Man, I'm like, I don't I don't know particularly what they added to the story other than being a figurehead for something, which may or may not be explained in a later volume. Like, I think we'll get a bit of backstory to who they are because I think there's a lot of stuff to come. I don't yeah. necessarily know if they're going to appear. Like, I don't foresee Destiny Man showing up again. Yeah. I feel like he was the big bad for this... If you want to say this quadrant, because mm -hmm. also at the end of it, they open up to go through to the next section, and that's yeah. kind of what I feel like. is like, well, that's this section complete. Yeah. So they move into the next section, and that's kind of like the story's very post-apocalyptic Mad Max Road Warrior type world here which I love but like that's the thing they're going into um, volume 2 I'm like I, what I'm hoping for is that it changes I'm hoping for a completely different world a completely different villain a completely different type of story like sci-fi or they're going to end as a fantasy world or they're going yeah. to end like it's completely different from what's came before and that each section they hit is a different place so like I I hope that that's the end of Destiny Man in that sense, 
I kind of don't yeah. because I thought he was kind of cool. The design of him I was very... I thought he very... was cool, too. That's what I'm saying. Like, he was a really cool, like, imposing, really cool design figure. But he does... A group of, like, really weird-looking people. But he does reference um, someone called Aurora, and that Aurora yeah. had kicked him out mm-hmm. until he'd, like, worked out his system or whatever. Yeah. So I've got a feeling that she's kind of at the heart of everything. Mm-hmm. And so we'll find out a little bit more about that as we go. Um, a... Sorry, go ahead. No, but I was just going to um, delve over into the actual the characters that we're kind of traveling with and the setup for it and stuff and kind of the world that we're in. Yeah. Because even the world that we get once they get into America, because the whole thing is about America being shut off and them going in. So the whole thing is reading this right after going through a pandemic freaking hits home first of all (laughs) you're right because the world is dying to the sky virus a virus that is literally infecting and killing people and like think covid times a million like whereas covid has got under control this is just like wiping people out yeah wiping countries out and there's two different um sections of the world have like formed now in the midst of this and um what was it the let me get the names of these because and your and asia no wait a minute there's the allegiance the, euro afrique mm-hmm. um and it's like pan asian something zone yeah yeah i'm trying to find it but yeah i think you're right yeah one of the dudes says that and i'm like i'm trying to find what he uh, the world's great pan asian prosperity zone okay. the pan asian prosperity zone which is kind of like all the asian countries and all that sort of side of the world the more eastern side of the world and then obviously um the europe afrique connection which is all like europe and africa mm-hmm. and then there's like just the leftovers that are here where america is because like america has literally in the midst of the sky virus has walled itself off and when I say walled itself off, I mean legitimate walls, like massive, <laughs> thick defense walls with a defense net over so that nothing can enter its airspace. And it has been shut off for 30 years in the midst of this. I think there's a picture at the start of them crossing yeah, yeah. the border, if I can. So, like, the plane. Yeah, so like the plane hits and it meets, like, a border wall, like that. Yeah, that's the title page. I love it. Which is insane. Um, and we meet our team that's heading in there in the midst of a sky virus because they, the government's come together essentially because they get a message from America. Basically from a guy who will come to know his Uncle Sam in it. Uh, Sam Elgin. A scientist who the main characters, Daniel and Charlotte's parents were actually friends with. Um literally Uncle Sam yeah literally is and that's it they get there and they meet him and he literally looks like and is dressed like Uncle Sam so it's like very much playing into that but like he sends a message out saying yeah like we can help yeah we can help with the sky virus we can help take care of this problem we want to reach out and open up communications again and so they basically invite a group to come in and negotiate and the group is made up of um, Daniel Graves, a major who is basically disgraced as a criminal who's like kicked out of both of these places, but has 
try to break into America and has gotten closer than anyone else. His sister Charlotte, who is a doctor dealing with the Sky Virus. And we've got Ace, who is a kid that basically has got more knowledge on American history and the way America functioned than anyone else out with the border. Uh, Valentina, who is a journalist with her drone buzz, who is basically, you find out she gets paid basically by getting the biggest scoops before anybody else sort of thing. It's mm-hmm. a, like, being a journalist has become very competitive, like you have to have the story out first to get paid. Yeah. Um, so she's brought in to journalise it, and then we've got Janet and Chang, who are the representatives of the two different um, world powers, who are brought along um, as those representatives and yep. then we've got the colonel who's like the helicopter pilot who's who, my favourite character in the whole who thing. just gets gypped in this story man like he's he's a beast though Dude, he is an absolute animal like in the best of ways yeah awesome. like when we get just wait till we get to the wall like if you want to see if there's horror in this book just wait till we get to the yeah. wall scene that's that's terrifying <laughs> it really is yeah but this group is sent in um, and when they cross the borders, they get shot down. Immediately. Immediately attacked, immediately shot down, and they survive the crash. Um, but the Colonel Pavel is taken by the Destiny Man's crew. The rest of them are all managing to stay out the road and hiding, but the Destiny Man is basically the warlord. Yeah, of this section of this territory is basically the best way to describe him he travels around in a giant rolling palace which is just absolutely amazing very uh, Studio Ghibli-esque yeah Yeah. one of the coolest shots of uh, the opening of the book when they when they uh, so the helicopter crashes the group gets separated the colonel is with the helicopter and the other group is on the top of an adjacent hill and they're looking down at the crash site and then they see a whole bunch of just like characters coming like you have mutant sharks you have half mutated animals attached to cars um, yeah it's strolling up on a bison it's just it is totally like studio ghibli meets like mad max it is it is really mental sort of stuff that you see and then even the destiny man himself like yeah. pull up an image of the destiny man like he's he looks phenomenal so basically the premise is like a lot of time has passed in the u.s and there's been mutations with people right well that's the one of the big things that kind of comes about because like the first thing that they kind of wonder when they get there is like what has happened yeah like it's been 30 years how has the world turned out like this yeah um and as we start to go on, as they start to break into Destiny Man's place, we start to get some of the backstories, and one of the reasons the Ace um, is possibly chosen is kind of in question by the end of it, but basically he was locked up on the outside for a theory that he had. And a theory that he had of the, the development of the world inside the walls of America and how it would form and it's like it would form into this these kind of territories like this and it would be like yeah. a spiral which is really interesting because when they get in there that's the exact map of the United States that Uncle Sam has yeah is the spiral and he wants to was it walk the spiral yeah see I that whole part of the book with Ace mm-hmm. 
and when he was in that padded room uh, with that guy who was kind of asking him questions, I that went right over my head. I did not follow that at all. Like I get the whole he developed the test on metal to be able to show how much it had aged. I think right. Yeah. So essentially, what it was is that he had a theory. He was like picked up in his like camper van, like you know, he's definitely a conspiracy theorist, live in the woods sort of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but he developed this theory that there was going to be a development in America, the spiral would form and uh, more time would pass than is than we'd thought like more than 30 years had passed Yeah, it's left very much up in the air at the moment of how Ace came to this conclusion Yeah, which I think is going to be one of the things that we explore in the next volume probably mm-hmm. is like how much time has passed and why has it travelled that fast um, but his test was going to be like nothing can enter the net above America nothing metal anyway but or like nothing mechanical but I can send a bird so he had like a homing bird that he was going to send with a, a silver dime yeah like like attached to it and then when he got it at the other side he was going to check and see what coloration was on it because however much it, it aged in that flight would tell him how much time had passed yeah um, later he ends up checking this dime and when he does the test himself we don't get an exact figure of how much time has passed but basically stating that we can never leave yeah um, I can only imagine that that's due to time passing so fast in there mm-hmm. that it's going to completely throw them off from connecting the reconnecting with the outside world mm. Um, obviously that's kind of the big mystery that's up in the air but like the reason America's in the state is in is because so much time has passed yeah it's almost like it's it's de-evolved over what? whatever length of time and that's why it's back to the territories and that's why it's back to people at the Destiny Man running certain things And one of the things in the back of the book or in the back of volume one they did a timeline of the my lights are just awful they did a timeline of the U.S. ceiling, the Great Ceiling, is what they're calling it, when the U.S. sealed itself off. Yeah. One of the, uh, just to speak to kind of this time thing that we're talking about, one of the entries, at around a little over two years and eight months from the from the um, from the ceiling. Uh, let me see. Let me see. No, a little over a year and six months. So experiments in gravitational lensing at Project Aurora facility outside Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, result in a patch of farmland aging in apparent century, resulting in the area returning from plowed field to old growth forest in a matter of minutes. So they were, the people in America pre-sealing, pre the great sealing, were experimenting with a gravitational fields, local localized gravitational fields that propelled time. Yeah, so there's a chance we're going to explore how that's expanded and affected America. Yeah. Um, because yeah, basically it's like there's something that's happened where this spiral has formed and they need to get to the centre of it. And you find out by the end of it that they're not able to just transfer there. Like Uncle Sam knows where the gate is to the next place. Mm-hmm. And the Destiny Man has the key. But like you need both to be able to move. It's the one yeah. place and the only way to get through it is with the key. So that's what the whole setup is with Uncle Sam using him, is like trying to get into there. Because mm-hmm. you very quickly realise that stuff was not what it seems. Yeah. You very quickly start to realise because 
there's so many moving parts that affect this. Like, first of all, like the tape that calls them in, like Valentina, when we get her backstory, she's an investigator and she even refers to it herself as like it's an addiction. Yeah. Um, and she basically checks up on everybody that's getting called in and does background checks on them, excuse me, herself and everything like that. But when she's looking into all of that stuff, she finds the tape asking for people to come and basically talk to them about getting the sky virus from America. Yeah. Excuse me, sorry, I'm gassing out for that coke. <laughs> but they find a list of names on the tape. Everyone that sent in was specifically asked for. And you kind of get the hint from Uncle Sam when they meet him in there, who appears to be the same Sam that like asked him to come in, appears to be Sam Elgin. Yeah. But you kind of start to question, like, how is he if this is the way, if time has passed by so fast and stuff? Yeah. And, or <laughs> is it the same him and he's just lost his mind because he seems a bit loony at this point? Yeah, he really does. But you get the whole thing with Sam of him talking of, like, there's some, ironically, destiny or some sort of prophecy with the Graves siblings at the centre of the spiral and they have to get there. He really doesn't give much more information than that. Yeah. Just that there's, like, he seems to know a bit more about what's going on than you would think because he, like, knew them as kids and you start to wonder if there was something there beforehand that he knew. Yeah. But, like, he specifically requests these people to come in um, and I don't know if it's for that reason. Again, that's another one of the mysteries that's kind of set up. Why were they asked for? Yeah. Um, There's a ton of stuff that's introduced that's just, like, not addressed or not really answered. And obviously, I think that's by design, but it's just frustrating. Yeah, because I think, I think, like you said, there's three volumes to it, but I think this is very much the first act of a three-act story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's meant to set up as, as literally instead of like reading the first issue and that being the set up for the first volume I feel like this is very much like a kind of like when we've done Lock and Key mm-hmm. when you start reading Lock and Key Lock and Key has a beginning, a middle and an end mm-hmm. Lock and Key has six volumes to it and that's it that's the complete story Yeah, there's no more, they knew where the ending was when they started, they knew the direction they were going with it and this is the story mm-hmm. they were telling I feel like that's the case with Undiscovered Country yeah, I feel like it's right. a case of this is a set story and this was the first act of that story they will start getting answers in the next volume, the next act yeah. of it and because there's a whole bunch of stuff like also as well we get the mystery of the grave siblings that Daniel hasn't only attempted to get in here before, but he has actually made it into America before. Yeah, and he made a deal with Destiny Man. Yeah, he made it in via his submarine. He used water tunnels that weren't watched over, and has met Destiny Man. Yeah, which brings up the quite interesting question again of like the time passage in there. If it there was time passage, like you know, did that like device go off and like fast forward time inside the border? Yeah, but now it's running normally. Because he met Destiny Man and Destiny Man's still there and still remembers their deal and all that stuff when he goes back in. Um, but you get there and Destiny Man 
has made a deal with him to basically get the key and get Uncle Sam um, to show him where the door is so that he can get back to the center and get back to Aurora who yeah. we still don't know who that is yet exactly and yeah. um, we're assuming kind of like the person that's in charge of the US at this point and mm-hmm. um, but so that he can that Daniel can also get access because he still believes that his parents are alive there or that his father yeah. at least is alive that his father has contacted him and part of the deal part of the part of his deal with destiny man was also to get the the cure for the sky virus yes and he makes a deal to try and get the cure for sky virus which becomes a big thing for him because once um he kind of hands over the rest of the group to destiny man he finds out his sister actually has the sky virus and mm-hmm. um, she's inoculated herself so she can't spread it but she's like a few months into it mm-hmm. and really doesn't have that long yeah um which is an interesting one that comes up so he's definitely looking for the cure and it explains her fight for the cure as well because she was very passionate about finding the cure but also yeah. like charlotte's it seemed a bit too like aggravated but then you realize she has it herself so that makes sense yeah and the main the main message that came out of america from you know from uncle sam was hey we want you to come here we have a cure for the virus for the virus that's infecting everywhere but the u.s we know all about it um so that's her main poll like everybody has an agenda which i think is cool everybody has a separate agenda the group the main group that comes into america and uh hers obviously to bring the virus home which you know it, it, there's a cool there's a cool part like halfway midway to towards the end of the book where they kind of have to make a decision whether you know they have I know I'm kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but they have a vial of the vaccine. It's not enough to inoculate every or to vaccinate everybody, but they have one vial, one dose of the vaccine vaccination. Mm-hmm. So they can either leave the U.S. and mass produce that, and in a couple months everybody will have a vaccination, or they can continue on in the spiral. They can continue yeah. going to see how how deep the rabbit hole goes, as Morpheus says. Yeah, and, and that's the interesting thing that pushes in because like part of it part of the group obviously they're here for the cure like here's the cure let's go yeah but the other part of them is like we are the first people to set foot in the united states soil in 30 years and like when it shot off the border it was immediate yeah like the cool thing at the end of each issue is that there's little stories of people mm-hmm. like during the sky virus time and during the that is really cool the shot yeah. off where it's like you get literal americans who were on vacation yeah who are now like trapped outside of the united states you just have to like set up home where they are because like they, they don't have anywhere to go now their homes like shut off forever um but you also have the people who are like we but you have those people who we need to keep going like what else is there um ironically as well though like nobody really is buying sam's thing and wanting to do his whole like let's get to the center yeah like at least not for the reason he is so i think that's going to be a background kind of thing going forward of that there's some big thing that the siblings have to do. Um, Try to think. Oh yeah, that's what else I wanted to mention. I wanted to talk about um, Pavel, who is captured by Destiny Man. Well, the rest of them are all talking about Uncle Sam. Pavel is trapped on the wall. Yeah. So explain that because that was another thing I didn't quite understand. So. 
Were they they attached people to the wall to see if they could like get through it? Was that was that the gist of it, or was that just punishment to hang them on the wall? I think part of it is punishment, but part of, part of it is also testing. The Destiny Man has a very he's almost like boiled down to the basics of like America was at its best in its first century mm. and it comes down to a very simple thing of live free or die and it's like and he then talks about everyone who is here has earned their place so I believe the wall is a way of earning your stripes earning your like do you really deserve to be here yeah. Then you'll survive and beat this. If not, you'll die. I guess one of the scenes that kind of set the tone for the book, uh, like violence-wise, was when um, when Bukowski, Colonel Bukowski, like gets cornered by the Destiny Man's right-hand man on his uh, carnivorous buffalo, a water buffalo. Yeah. It just happens to bite his foot off. Yeah, he just eats his foot right off. He just eats his foot. So I have to show the wall literally they're like I don't know if it's like magnetic things in their hands and stuff to help but it's like they're yeah. literally having to hold on and claw to this wall with just an oxygen thing attached to their face and they're just left there yeah they're just left there and you know it's like you know you will tell me what you know or you will crawl the wall and then one day you'll die you and every foreign body you brought with you in this land is my land and it's like that's yeah. the explanation of the wall and it's like and the colonel just gets strapped to it and the badass he is freaking ends up tearing off the oxygen mask and scaling this thing Dude, it's so sweet clawing his way up this thing absolutely awesome I'm trying to look for it it's like he yeah he gets to the top and he kills the guard <laughs> that's at the top of the thing beats the bejesus out of him dude that's hilarious I'm trying to find it yeah I can't find it of course I can't Let's see if I can fill it up but yeah it's a really cool moment it's a really cool part of this of like the he beats the walkers at this point we've not seen anyone else do it we've literally just seen people hanging um, on the wall oh and there, there's a there's this huge story or there's this whole story about um how when he was a colonel he uh he kept a like a golden uh a golden thumbtack basically as a tooth and he kept it in there so he could pick locks he's always had it in there he always kept it in there and that's what he uses. He pulls it out, and that's what he uses to break off the so, yeah. mask. Here he is. Climbing the wall. Yeah. Freaking badass just climbing the wall, man. Yeah, and then tears off the mask. Whoop. Climbs up. But yeah. And apparently... So there's this guard at the top of the wall that has this like giant mutant starfish that spews acid down the wall on the people. I, I don't know what that's about, but he gets to the top of the wall and he just, he just, this is him, him reaching the top of the wall and he just beats the bejesus out of the dude. Yeah. 
Hey Mala, how is it going? What's up, Mal? We are doing good. We're settling into our new home of Monday nights with the podcast. It, it, I'm not gonna lie, it's still strange. It is weird. Dude. It is. This is weird because like it's it isn't different, but it is at the same time. But obviously, like the whole big climax to the story then is a Destiny Man gives um, Daniel the key. He makes a deal to meet up with um, Uncle Sam. <laughs> Undiscovered country where the Klingons at. <laughs> I know, that's a comparison that keeps happening in my head is like Star Trek 6. But no Klingons in this one. There's plenty of mutants and Mad Max references and all sorts of stuff though. Um, but the whole big finale of it is this big race to get to Uncle Sam and get to the door. And it ends up in a big race-off between the group trying to make it to the door. Yeah. Destiny Man trying to stop them and Uncle Sam basically trying to get in the way. And it's kind of left kind of up in the air at the end. Like, it's very likely that Sam's dead and Destiny Man are dead. I mean, Uncle Sam gets shot in the face pretty point blank. So I think it's pretty safe to say that he's, he's, he's toast. Yeah, but at the same time, like I, it also wouldn't surprise me if he showed up again, though. At the same time, but it's like, yeah, he's he's dead. But like Destiny Man, it's very much left up in the air. Like, did what happened kill him? One of the things that I think the book does really well is it's left ambiguous if uh, America is just a barren wasteland or if it's just a highly organized, territory specific, like huge piece of land. Because yeah. we, get to the, we get to the end, like, this whole book plays out in this, in the Destiny Man's zone, right? And it's run by a bunch of, like, like you said, like, Mad Max type, like, piece together what we can find to build a community type thing. We're gonna, we found this code over here, so we're gonna put this on. Very, like, piecemeal, Mad Max-esque, you know, vibe to it. Yeah. But then you get to the wall, where they're getting ready to go into the second part of the spiral, and automatic gun turrets pop out. And you're like, okay, so yeah, obviously something's going on. (laughs) Well, that said, though, it's very interesting because, like, obviously, like, there's still like even the gun turrets like on the wall when they enter it and stuff. So, like, there's definitely still that mechanical element to it and the way the country's running to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. I honestly feel like we're going to get a complete shift in tone for the next one. Mm. It's going to come out of the post-apocalyptic look because I feel like that's that's the natural place for it to go. Yeah. The natural place for it to go is that they come through through the wall into the new zone and to really throw them off their game of like, whoa, this is different. They're going to come into like some sort of forest or city or something. Yeah. And I think we're going to get, as we get closer to the centre of the spiral, like it's going to be more civilised. Because mm, okay. Destiny Man is very much on the edge. He's on like yeah. the west coast, I think, they describe. He's on the it's like so he's very much on the edges of America yeah so I feel like even the way he describes that he was thrown out by Aurora whoever Aurora is yeah that this was like almost a you have to go find yourself sort of thing yeah because he talks about having to like fully realise his ideal and then return to her but also kind of a half punishment because he was able to be sent out there but he doesn't really have access to return yeah 
So it tells me there's only limited people that can access the doorways, or like the doorways only work a certain way. That's actually really interesting. Like you can go down the spiral maybe, or like Aurora has access to the doors, but you can't just go back. Like he was told to prove himself, but was never given a way to return. So will he ever yeah. be able to? Yeah, that's actually very interesting. Like to to think of the theory that each each part of the spiral is its own time zone, its own civilization, its own like. I'd be interested to know if it's its own time period. Yeah, that's that's what I meant. That time zone. But yeah, time period. But you know what I mean? Like it's uh because that, you know, experiment they were doing it shapes stuff and like time happened. I'd be interested if like this if it was separated into the spiral because different stuff impacted. Yeah. Like you know, it's like and that's it though. It's like and if it is, what's going to happen? Is this kind of the caveman equivalent? of what would happen if stuff was kind of thrown back in time or is this like the post-apocalyptic Mad Max future mm -hmm. and as a result of the next zone is it going to be further back or is it going to be further forward and what does that look like Yeah, you know are we going to go further forward and it's going to be like big ivory towers and you know beautiful scenery and or are we going to go back to like medieval times or like what's it going to look like thanks for that lurk yeah. Mal. I appreciate it brother you know, like, what is it going to look like going forward? Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. I, I didn't really think about that, honestly, you know, while I was reading it, but that, that makes a ton of sense. And that would make it super interesting if uh, they differentiated it like that. Uh, did, hey, Stormbringer. Uh, did you guys ever see Jericho? I've heard of it. I've heard of I've Jericho. Heard of I don't think I've ever seen it, though. Yeah, I've never seen it. Sounds very familiar, though, right? Yeah, it definitely sounds familiar, but I might just be thinking Chris Jericho. Break the walls down! <laughs> and copyright strike. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I'm really intrigued to see where Undiscovered Country goes. I'm really yeah. intrigued to see... Because that's the thing, like, I... I feel like a lot happens in this, but I don't feel like there's a lot to delve into on its own. Because I feel like this is a story I have to read the next part to, which, like you kind of said at the start, that's exactly what I want from a first volume. That's exactly what I want from volume one, is like, I want to be like, okay, I need to pick up volume two now, though. Yeah. I? Good show it's deals good. with this topic. Maybe oh. go check that out. Is it on any yeah. streaming services? Do you know? I'm, I'm looking it up right now. If it's on any streaming services, I'll make check it out. It's on Prime. Is it? Nice. Yeah. Along with the 50 million other shows I'm attempting to watch. Um, but yeah, like I think that's the thing with this is like, is volume three like the final? Yeah, it's one, two, three. Um, it's funny as we've been talking, I've added two and three to my cart, <laughs> my Amazon cart, because what you're saying makes a lot of sense. Like I was initially disappointed that it didn't answer a whole lot in volume one because that's what I'm accustomed to. Mm-hmm. But it makes sense if that's the way that they're telling the narrative. And the way that you described it, comparing this to Lock and Key, makes a lot of sense to me because I've read that. And like, even though Lock and Key, I think, I think does a maybe a better job of explaining at a high level the lore in Volume One. I still think there's a lot of un unanswered stuff that it pros that it poses that's oh, yeah. founded upon and answered or even brought up in subsequent volumes. Well, the difference is with Lock and Key with something like that. Um you get what's presented to you and you get the answers to it to a certain extent but there's still a lot of questions 
there's still questions like around um you know who is dodge yeah what's going on with that spirit in the well there's still questions around the father being killed and what is his past connection to the house and to dodge we get answers about kind of like okay well we've got the death key and this can do stuff but then we don't actually know that there's any other keys technically if you don't watch the show or if you've known the story at the end of it like yeah there's other keys but if you're reading that first volume there's only the death key yeah and then at the very end of the first volume Brody finds the head key yeah and it's like oh wait a minute another one there's more here so it's like it tells a contained story but it's like whereas this instead of telling like this is a bit of a story this is a bit of a story this is a bit of a story it's like this is like here's your setup for everything because we have to set up what's coming because for what's coming you have to know who these people are yeah and the fact of like these people sent in are specifically chosen to be sent in yeah you know valentina even says it herself of like we're the worst people to be picked we've got a, an ex-mercenary who shouldn't be trusted we've got a doctor that treats sky that's dying from sky yeah. we've got a guy who's going to a history of America but was a nut job and was locked up in a freaking psych ward and padded room we've got like the two worst representatives you could possibly ask from each thing and we've got me a journalist who really has no ties to anything Yeah. you know they're almost to a certain extent you would think this is expendables this is the group we send in if they come back with a cure awesome if they don't well it's, it's no harm no foul so we need to know these people and why because all the pieces fit to ask the yeah. questions that are to come like time travelling so fast and the spiral forming and the different stuff like well hold on a minute here Ace came up with that theory why did he come up with that theory you know it's like what's the whole stuff around the grave siblings is their father still alive what is at the centre of the spiral why do they need to get there Yeah. what's next ahead for all of these people what's going to happen it's like you know it's like there's a lot of stuff laid out and I think it does great if you focus it's an amazing story but at the same time I think the heart of it is it's a character study because I believe like I said for volume 2 I believe the world will change mm. this type of America they walk into is going to be completely different but the characters are the same Yeah. so you need to have established who the characters are to take them into the next volume because they're the only things that are going to continue. Yeah. Because we're going to introduce a new villain and a new part of the and a new zone and a new setup and a new stuff and try and give more answers of America, I'm assuming. So we need to know who the characters we're following in are. Because it would have been very easy just to have Daniel and Charlotte be the main characters and focus on the siblings. We even get like looks at them as kids when um, Sam visited their home we get um, their story we get Daniel's connection to the Destiny Man we get her dying of Sky it'd be very easy to focus on that and then delve into the other characters later but I I kind of like the upfrontness of like here's what we've got and it keeps the actual story for this actually stays very simple in terms of like the telling of it as well in a sense because although all this stuff is in the background you've got dealing with the destiny man yeah he's got Pavel we need to go save him wait one of us already knows him and is selling us out mm. oh wait no he's not he's getting the key so we can get out of here you know it's like it's yeah there's this whole setup for it and it's like it's 
you know, and I apologise if I'm a bit all over the place talking about this book because it's it's very hard to kind of stay straightforward with it. A lot happens in it. A lot happens in it. A lot happens in it, and it does. It tells the linear story of now, but also then jumps back to stuff, and like the past of characters and the past of certain things, and it's like, you know, but like I love how even they flesh out certain characters. Mm-hmm. You know, like like Ace is a character I love that gets fleshed out in the later issues because the Destiny Man's thing is a layout of a Walmart and this kid shows just how smart he is and like he knows his history of America but like yeah I know the schematics I know how it's laid out like how? How do you know that? Yeah. Like and he takes he's able to take them through and able to show them you know there's obviously I think a bit more going there it's kind of like you know I don't know if it's ADHD or OCD or something there's very something to him he's just that little bit off like genius wise yeah but even Valentina saying to him like stop downplaying yourself you're here and you're getting us through this like you yeah. you can do this you know yeah. clearly we're all capable of doing what we need to do here so as I really enjoyed this for mostly for what's to come mostly because this is an issue this is a volume that's very much a setup. I feel yeah. But it's got me hooked enough of like, okay, I want to see the rest of this story. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Like, I know, like, I talked with you yesterday and I was like, I wasn't done with it. And I'm like, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. And like, when I was done, when I got done with it, I still kind of felt that way. But I guess through this conversation and through hearing you talk about it, it makes a lot of sense as far as how they're setting it up. Because um, like, like, like you said, or... I don't know who said it actually, but you know, it's a three volume book, basically. Mm-hmm. That's how you gotta look at it. Yeah, you know, essentially and that's book. that's it. It's kind of like you know, it's like a, not to compare it because it's definitely not on level with it, but it's kinda like Lord of the Rings. Like you I was reading, gonna say the same thing. Yeah. You're reading the first volume, but at the same time it's like it's like reading Fellowship of the Ring. I'm like, yeah, it stands on it's, its own. It stands on its own, but it's it really is a setup for everything that's yet to come. Yeah, that's a really good. That's a really good comparison. You know, and it's like it's like this is like yeah, it kind of stands on its own. Yeah, you get a good story out of it, but it's definitely a setup for what's yet to come. Like this isn't the real story. I feel. I feel like volume two and three are going to be the real story. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you know, as opposed to like to use movie terminology for like trilogies. Like usually you get the standalone first, so you get something like Star Wars. You know, where it's like, a, if Star Wars had bombed, like, yeah, that's a movie. That's got a beginning, middle, and end. It can do its thing. It doesn't yeah. need to go any further. You know, destroy the Death Star, way. Mm-hmm. Be Darth Vader, launch him into space. Fantastic. <laughs> but then, like, when you get to Volume 2 and 3, when you get to Empire Strikes Back, and you get to Return of the Jedi, there's a deeper connected story with those movies that takes it deeper, goes further into it. But then, like as we said, there's stuff like Lord of the Rings, where it's like a the first one is like is no way a standalone it's a setup mm-hmm. and I feel like a lot of the volume ones that we've read have been standalones of like you can read them and you can come away feeling okay I got a story out of that yeah you know but like this leaves you like I want more you know like where Lock and Key is like a standalone it leaves a bit of mystery at the end but it's it's fairly standalone story the first volume yeah. <clears throat> yep but this is definitely not this. This makes me more think of like um, something is killing the children. 
Yeah, I would agree with that. Like when you read something as killing the children, when we did that for Indie Comic Book Club, it's like, yeah, it's a good story, but it's clearly not close to what's happening. Yeah. There's clearly way more going on here than what we are seeing. Yeah, you know? it's like coming into a movie theater in the middle of a movie. Like, obviously, this is a movie, this is happening, but there's a lot that I'm not getting, like, that I'm not that I'm missing. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on here that I don't have the context to yet. Yeah. Or that I'm not aware of, and it's like, but when I get that, I know it's going to be a good payoff. Mm-hmm. You know, and I trust um, Snyder and Soul, Scott Snyder and Charles Snow, two phenomenal writers. And I like the story that they're crafting here. Did you read the bit where they talked about how they came up with the story in the back? Mm-mm. Dude, it was really cool. So, Scott Snyder and Charles Soule. Yeah. Is it Soule, right? Yeah, Soule. So, uh, obviously, they're both comic book writers. Uh, I think one at the time wrote for Marvel, the other wrote for DC. Mm-hmm. And they had both worked on Swamp Thing at, at one point in time. And as Scott Snyder is an avid runner, apparently. I didn't know this. He's an avid runner. He runs before cons. Um, and Charles out of the blue messaged him and said, hey, you want to run together before this specific con? And, like, apparently Scott Snyder used that time as kind of like a, a mental debrief before you go into the con, like, <laughs> to prepare for battle type thing. And he was reluctant at first, but they they started running together and they built a friendship uh, over the years, uh, for like four or five years, running together at various cons. And then they um, they met a mutual friend who worked for the CIA, who brought them into the CIA at one point and showed them around a lot of secret stuff, uh, DARPA, all that stuff. <laughs> and then, so afterwards, they went on a run in the National Mall, which is where all the monuments are. Yeah. And in DC, and they came up with this idea, like the 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 brainchild idea for this story. What if America was walled off? And over the next couple of years, they kind of. <clears throat> Flesh that story out and bounced ideas off each other, and then it, it was, really it was cool. a really cool, really cool how they put it together. That's really cool. That friend that got them into the CIA, that wasn't Tom King, was it by any chance? I don't know. I don't know. They didn't say who it was, but I'm just curious if you said CIA, I'm like, wait a minute, Tom King, like, he's he's ex CIA. No, it, well, it might be Tom King because they come into contact with a man who'd worked in the CIA for a number of years and was still an active consultant. So it might be Tom King. I don't know. Be interesting. That's really cool how they came up with it, though. Like, I, I yeah. do really enjoy this story. Yeah, like, I just... Cool. My thing for it that I really love with doing the indie comic books is, like, I feel like, legitimately, this is a unique story. I, I don't feel like any of the other comics that we've checked out, anything else that we've looked into, does not do what this is doing. I agree. I agree. This is a very unique story, and that's a very big draw for me when we're looking at indie stuff, is, like, is what's not being done because like reading superhero stuff is awesome I love superhero comics but after a while especially with Marvel and DC like I know what I'm getting Mm -hmm. it becomes cyclical you know it goes round and round and round and it's like you get bored of it yeah you know not that I'm bored of like superhero comics but like you'd kind of like but there's other stuff out there there's other stuff out there and Undiscovered Country is one of the most unique ones that we've done Mm -hmm. I would agree. Like as and as soon as I like I picked it up, go and actually get it second hand as well, which was a phenomenal. I saw it in a second hand store. And I'm like, yoink. I'm grabbing that. Yeah. Um and as soon as I read it, I'm like, okay, yeah, we're talking about this on the show. This is this has to be talked about. This is a really 
really cool comic. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of really cool comics, like not really indie comics because uh, they're coming out of, I guess they are indie comics, but I yeah, think, you know, I think, I think of like God Country uh, from Danny Cates. Oh, God, yeah. Danny Cates. Uh, God Country like is that, like, 100% getting done next year. We need to do God Country. That's been at the top of my list for Indie Comic Book Club for a while. We need to like, do that one. These huge heavy hitters from like DC and Marvel are cranking out some like original content that's really, really cool. Like, yeah. It's really unique. Like, uh, you know, like Undiscovered Country. I think God Country is up there with that. God Country um, is one of the best like one-off graphic novels you will ever pick up. Dude, it's, it's so good. It's so good. I I immediately messaged you after I finished. It. Yeah, I remember getting like, the message. This was so awesome. Cause I, I had bought it because you had recommended it, and I'm like, mm-hmm. man, it's it's so good. But I yeah. like to your point. What I'm getting at is, I also agree that uh, you know reviewing these indie comics has totally changed my my comic landscape. You know, it's it's uh it's changed my barometer for, for what a what a good story can be. You know, what a unique story can be. And although I still love Marvel and DC, like yeah. I'll still continue to read them, like there are some really unique, compelling stories on the outside. Yeah, because I think the thing with Marvel and DC for me is like I like even reading their current stuff and like see keeping up with the current stuff is like I find it so hard to get invested now because it's like when you get invested in something like every storyline that starts like you can see that it like it's almost like a grabbing at straws mm-hmm. to keep up with what's going on with the MCU and then you're like but it doesn't matter it's going to freaking change back anyway yeah yeah well and to be fair like most of the stuff that I read from the big two are old runs that I missed out on yeah 100% like, I mean yeah. and that is like something death, phenomenal death in the family you know death in the family like mm-hmm. even the one-offs like um Red Skull Incarnate you know like yeah, there's the some phenomenal all, runs. All world stuff I love that stuff yeah I've got f- some phenomenal runs there some there's some phenomenal runs pheno- <laughs> <clears throat> yeah there's some phenomenal runs that are well worth checking out yeah. but like like even the current one like what's the current situation <laughs> the current story big story going on is Judgment Day I think mm. and it's a really cool concept because the whole thing of like is it's bringing in the Eternals only reason the Eternals are a big part of it is because the Eternals had a movie mm-hmm. let's not pretend that it's any other yeah, reason yeah 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 but it's a whole face-off with the mutants because the mutants are technically variants or whatever the or deviants that they call them or whatever the hell it is I can't even remember the name of like the human race and that's what they're meant to protect the world from so now the Eternals have got an issue with them and the Avengers are trying to step in and go like whoa wait a minute here you can't just take out this group of people yeah and they're like well no actually that's exactly what we're going to do because that's, that's what, what we're we created do. to do that's what we do um but at the same time I'm kind of like but they'll be back same way that we had no more mutants for a long time and then the mutants all came back and same way that you know people died off like you know like with Captain America's mantle it's crazy because they're trying to keep up with the MCU they gave it to Sam Wilson and then they went oh no we need to give it back to Steve Rogers and then they gave it back to Steve Rogers and took made Sam Falcon again I'm only assuming to match up with the movies because it was a Captain America movie coming out at the time only for the movies to then give it to Sam so Sam's now doing Captain America stuff again you know and it's like it's like there's so much stuff going on with that and it's like really 
I, can't, I find it hard to invest because I'm like, if I wait, like, you know, Spider-Man and Mary Jane are married, oh no, they've been split up, boy. Yeah. You just need to wait for the next generation of writers who grew up reading Spider-Man and Mary Jane being married to write it back that way. Yeah. You know, it's like it's... Where is it? Sorry, dude, I just want to go to chat real quick. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, go for it, dude, go for it. So Rob said, Jericho's an American post-apocalyptic action drama TV series which centers on the residents of a fictional city of Jericho, Kansas in the aftermath of a nuclear attack on 23 major cities in the U.S. Dang. I think I've heard this. I've heard of it before. And I've I looked heard it, when of I looked Jericho. It, up, it looks very familiar. I've definitely heard of Jericho. I've heard people talking about it. I've never checked it out. I'll need to go and check it out. Um, there's nothing new. Um, there's nothing new for this older created characters in Marvel and DC to go and tackle. They have written so many stories about those characters. They're all used up. I would agree. I would agree. I have. I have stood by that for a long, long time. That the older characters should have passed on their mantles. Like I want to see Spider-Man comics led by Miles Morales, mm-hmm. with older Peter Parker married with a kid. Yeah. Being Maybe his mentor. Being his mentor, teaching yeah. him. And yeah. taking that role, you know, it's like I want to see that. I want to see Sam Wilson as Captain America and Steve Rogers being allowed to pass on. I want to see Iron Man training up a protege. I want to see. I want them to keep going because people forget a lot of these characters are legacy characters. Like, not so much in Marvel, but in DC especially. People like Barry or Wally. Barry or Wally. Who's the Flash? Like Jay Garrick was the Flash. Yeah. And then he was taken out and Barry was put in and then people grew up with Wally and then there's been a lot of them or like Green Lantern and I'm like Alan Scott was the original and we changed him and people keep talking about, you know, get you know, Kyle Rayner or um Hal Jordan and it's like these characters are legacy characters and they were changed before. Why can't we change them again? Yeah. You know, it's like it's I feel that for a long time. That's a that's an upcoming episode we're going to do in the podcast at some point. Like, should Marvel and DC evolve in that direction, mm-hmm. and what are some of the ideas we can come up with for them to go that way, or that yeah. we would have done. Yeah. Um. Anyway, sorry, I'm ranting again. No, it's all good, dude. It's all good. Um. And yeah, Rob, we tried it. So, Cross has been adamant about uh, indie comics since I met him. I think. Or at yeah, least you've been interested in indie <clears throat> comics since I've been I was here. getting started in indie comic stuff. I'd done a couple of indie comic things like when we first started this. Um and but it was at like, least at least say three to four years you've been like heavily vested in I've been starting to get in indie comics and then it was like October twenty twenty in our first year, like a few months into our first year, we did our first indie comic book club. Yeah. Um because I I decided like because there's, there's tons of people you can find tons of videos on the internet talking about what's yeah. going on at Marvel and DC yeah. but like let's do this as people who have not read certain indie comics or are just getting into indie comics what's out there yeah you know so your your indie comic disease has rubbed off on me and I have read more indie comics this year than I have read in my entire life yeah so I you know we've I've one of one of my favorite things that I've read since we started this, since we started this stream, this podcast, whatever we're calling it, uh, is Lock and Key. It's one of the mm. my favorite things I've ever read. Yeah. And it, it was a six volume independent comic, like legitimately independent comic. I think IDW, I believe. Yeah, it's IDW. And it was such a real. It was such a cool story. Like I was sucked in, man. I was. It was awesome. No established characters. Nothing. And it was 
awesome. The way that it unfolded, the story, the art, it all meshed perfectly. And it completely awesome. different from anything you read at Marvel and DC. 100%. Completely unique in its own. Different from any other indie comic that we've checked out. Written by son of a horror icon and a bit of a horror legend himself, you know. It's, it's a phenomenal story. We've we've read a ton of great indie comics in this show since we started. Lock and, and Key, you know, Spencer and Locke. And we've read and stuff that Cloud. we haven't reviewed, obviously, as well. You know, God Country is one of those that I've yeah, just, God Country's blows a my mind. Phenomenal one. God Country blows a, my mind by Donny Cates, the the, the well known Venom, a uh, Venom re, re, revamper. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like the, there's tons of great indie comics out there, and we've talked to tons of great indie creators, like you know, on the show, like talking to Lewis Southern and talking to Dave Peppos, although he's now a Marvel guy, he wasn't when we talked yeah. to him. You know, it's like it's. But um, Rob saying indie comics offer new characters, new situations, and stories you haven't heard. I'm glad you guys are chatting about indie comics. There is some awesome stuff out there. Definitely unique. Absolutely. Um, and Undiscovered Country is one of them, which is really cool because you can see. If you read the Marvel and DC stuff of um, Snyder and Soul, you can see elements of it in here. But. It's completely different. Like you can't read this and, you know, connect it to like Snyder's Batman, mm-hmm. and Justice League. You can't read this and compare it to Souls Daredevil. You know, it's ironic that they wrote those characters in other companies that are essentially the opposites of each other, or like the versions of each other. But yeah, it's like I, I've got a love for indie comics now. I absolutely adore indie comic books and. Yeah, this one in Discover Country, I think, is going to be one of those trilogies. Yeah. The, one of those ones that, like, I think the judgment call is going to need to be made when I finish it. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like reading through, like you said, like, Lock and Key, like, you know, it's like, yeah, you can read this simple issue, but, like, there's a complete story being told there. Yeah. And there's a complete story being told here, and I'm like, I, I'm excited to see what comes next. Dude, total side note. Have you read... Joy and I have been talking about this because she's super deep into Saga. I have, have you not, read that? I have not checked out Saga. She, uh, she is like, will not stop talking about that. As in, like, it's phenomenal. It is like one of the biggest heralded like indie comics out there. And yeah. I have not checked it out. I kind of avoided it mostly because there was hints of it containing a lot of um containing elements of sexual content and stuff. Oh, uh, okay, got it, got it. So, um, as well as other stuff like cussing and nudity and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, so I kind of avoided that. I'm starting to wonder if it's something we do need to cover, though. I know for a fact it's something we're covering next year. Another big one I'll definitely want to do next year is Sandman. Yes, I haven't read that one either. Um, especially with the hit Netflix show. The Netflix yeah. show being such a big hit. Um, we're definitely wanting to do Sandman next year. Um, which technically counts as indie. It's Vertigo, even though it's owned by DC. It's like it's yeah. it's, it's it's not. It's not <laughs> DC. It crossover it's with not. crossover with Constantine. At the time, he wasn't. At the time, he wasn't DC. He was just Vertigo before yeah. they kind of transitioned them over. But yeah, I think that's a definite one to check out next year. And I think Saga might be one we need to put on the list to check out. All right, we gotta go. We gotta do God Country though. Yeah, God Country's on the list. There's a bunch of... Like, at this point, like... 
I don't know how long it's going to take to get through some of these because we I try to do it every other month. It might end up becoming we end up doing this like once a month. Yeah, they cover certain things, but um, but oh, one thing I can grab to show off is what we're going to be doing for our next indie comic book club. Ah, stuck in my desk. <laughs> how dare sec. you get stuck on your desk? Uh oh, he's going to the shelf. To the shelf. To the shelf. Trying to see if he can hear me. He can't hear me. He can't hear me. I can hear him, but he can't hear me. Look at that secret lab chair. That thing's a beast. It's a beast. I want. I want a chair like that. I want a chair like that. I'm gonna continue talking until he comes up on the screen. There we go. There we go. Trying absolutely not to flash my butt at the camera. I was talking smack about you the whole time. Ah, bet you are. <laughs> Um, but funnily enough, we're doing a back-to-back -back Snyder stuff. Um, because next one that we do for Indie Comic Book Club is going to be our Halloween book. Where, when it gets to October, I like to delve into some of the horror stuff. Because um, we've done some good stuff. Uh, we've done Lock and Key for our first October. We did uh, Something is Killing the Children for our next one. This is probably the most horror horror comic we've done yet. And we are going to be covering Witches. Witches. From Scott Snyder and Jock. It says volume one. He keeps saying he's apparently putting out a volume two and he's yet to actually do it. Yeah, because that's seven years old. <laughs> yeah. He talked about doing another one, but like at the same time it, it holds as a standalone story. Yeah. But like this is a definite horror comic, and it's like I when I went through the story of this, it was like oh my goodness, like it's it's phenomenal. It's probably my favorite horror comic we've ever covered. You've read it? You've read it? I've not read it. I've heard the story of it. I've not read it myself. But like some of the artwork in it's just phenomenal. Like Jock is a great like horror comic guy. Like even like some of these early pages. Let me see if I can get some of them. Just to set the tone without trying to give too much away. Like literally, that's the first page. Okay. It's like going through the woods. Like that's that's some of the stuff that's in there. So that is going to be our indie comic book club for October. It's talking about witches. I'm hyped for this one. Yeah, dude. And then, of course, our indie comic book club for December, since we kind of ran through Christmas stories fairly quick. Mm -hmm. We decided to... Klaus. We did Klaus. Klaus. And then that was it. There's really not any other, like, Christmas-centric. Although Klaus was sweet, though. Klaus was amazing, and I don't just want to do Klaus every year, though. Um, so we decided that December is going to start being when we talk about, like, other, like, known IPs in their comic form. And we're going to kick that off in December with our first one that we're looking at, looking at Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Last Ronin. Um, TMNT obviously st awesome. started as a comic, um, but it's obviously best known for movies, TV show, action figures, video games, like pop culture icons, the turtles. Um, and then The Last Ronin is probably one of the most phenomenal turtle stories to come out in recent years at least, if not ever. Um, not a perfect story, 
there's elements I think they can get better like I know with the villain and stuff like that I felt could have been fleshed out more but 100%. the overall story is gorgeous it's so it's the villain aside it's just such a cool story but yeah it's a really cool story really excited to talk about that one on stream um, so that's going to be our two for finishing up the year and then we'll obviously we've got stuff that we're looking at next year oh we need to do this we need to do that we need to do this we'll see if we get to those because we keep yeah. like interchanging like there's so many I want to do and get into yeah um, you know like I know Once in Future is still at the top of my list I still need to get volume one of that and mm -hmm. um, that's one I've heard nothing but praise for that I know I definitely need to check out at some point uh, yeah, Red East of West we need to do that one the show yeah, that's a... yeah there's a there's a handful that we have talked about um, over the over the stream that I've jotted down in my list I can't find it which I can't but yeah yeah we got there's a there's a ton that we gotta read yeah there's tons of stuff for us to get into and indie comics are always just giving uh speaking of some indie comics though i do actually want to show off something that i got this week since we're here i'm gonna do it at the start and i forgot to but i can do it now and um, so if any of you remember that we were talking with dr baron bell a few weeks ago um, and we actually got on the phone with daniel as well while he was at a con and um, he sat down with a creator matthew from ideas from mars who is a creator that was at the con as well um, and he showed off some of the artwork and some of the comics that he got so i actually ordered some of them so modern wonders one and two disciple six along with modern wonders variant cover i believe and defenders of eden one and two so i am very excited to check these out i've got a bunch of little comics for us to check out here um, and see what I think of them and you know maybe we can, maybe if I enjoy them maybe if we like them it's something we can do is reach out to him about chatting to him about them that'd be Which, awesome you know it's like but yeah got some cool stuff to check out there so definitely go check out ideas from Mars at the very least the artwork in them was stunning he showed off some of the artwork while we were yeah, chatting with awesome. him and it was phenomenal yeah it looks really cool but yeah do you have any closing thoughts on undiscovered country anything less stuff to say no man i think we covered all of it like i said it's it's a self-contained i thought it was going to be a self-contained volume one story and that is totally not the case mm -hmm. that being said i'm very interested to see where the story goes in volume two and three um and the art of course is phenomenal so absolutely it's brilliant art and it brilliant storytelling and i'm really excited to see where it goes definitely one that we would recommend to go and check out for yourselves and um, but i think that's it for us for this evening for our first monday night thank you for everyone who did come and hang out with us tonight i know this is a brand new time slot for us i know it's unique i know that not everyone's used to that and everyone's schedules are different but thank you for everyone who did come and hang out and spend some yeah. time um, again you can catch us on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast from to catch up on the show today um, also as well shout outs to our sponsors to BCW um, supplies click on the link there to get all your collection needs of course we are comic collectors so that is the place that we go to for all our long boxes, short boxes, bags, boards whatever you need go and check it out with BCW supplies click on the link and use um, Comics Cross at checkout to save some money and shoot a little bit of money our way 
also as well for only crits. Have a good one, Rob. Thank you so much. Hey, Rob. Thanks for popping in, man. There's a crit. There's a crit. Crap, there we go. Uh, use that link onlycrits.com slash comics um, and comics coupon to check out there for all of your dice needs because we are going to be starting some D&D &D here on the channel. Um, so definitely go there for all your dice and dice accessories. Um, and speaking of that, next week it will not be the Comics and the Cross podcast. The podcast will return in two Mondays time. Next Monday, 8.30 though, we will still be here. Let me pull up that page. Don't know if it's got the right date on it. Do have a date on it. Awesome. So next Monday at 8.30, we will be kicking off and debuting Let the Good Times Roll Dungeons and Dragons session led by our very good friend, Mr. Tom Levine. He is going to be our dungeon master for our very first campaign, The Keep on the Borderlands. And um, we saw, if you saw social media, he was um, playtesting it with his son. Um, but he is going to be doing that live with us on stream next week, 8.30, including Nitro and myself and our lovely wives as our initial party. So I That'd am be awesome. very excited for this. Our characters are all set. We're it's all ready to go. On the left side of the screen. Uh, it's a beautiful man. Your left and right is getting mixed up again. In the middle, under the logo, let the good times roll, right above the very beautiful <laughs> lady on the bottom. It's totally the man above us, Lee, 100%. 1,000%. <laughs> I don't worry, I feel the same, man. <laughs> totally. Don't know how I got my wife into marrying me, but we're married now. It's over now. Paper yep. sign, baby. But we are so excited to finally finally kick off some Dungeons and Dragons on this channel. We've been talking about this for a while. We're going to delve into this. Please come and hang out with us. Please come and check it out. Please be gentle with us. It's going to be our first time playing, so there's going to be some slow moments and some learning curves. What what Cross is trying to say is we're going to suck really bad, at least for the first week or yes. two or three. Speak or maybe you. five years. Speak for yourself. <laughs> Speak for yourself. You're the one that went a druid and decided to give yourself all those spells to master. I just have to run away a hammer. Hey, you talked me into it, so uh, let's be honest here. You talked yourself into it. You kept talking about how awesome the druid was and then trying to make a fighter, and I'm like, dude, you clearly want to be a druid. Just be a druid. <laughs> I just want to turn into an animal, man. <clears throat> We're getting sidetracked again. We always get sidetracked. We do. That's fine. It's fine, and thank you for everyone who hung out with us tonight. This has been a bit of a shorter stream for us. I think it's, yeah. we're, we're getting into a new groove with this. It's like it's very weird coming into this after having a day at work and a day with the family yeah. and getting into this. Well, it's like, good. yeah, because you know when we normally do the stream, we have a Saturday and a Sunday morning at least to kind of like mentally prepare to get into it. But you know, this is right after work, after the kids put down, so we're like, boom, right into it. It's gonna be different. It's gonna be different. Not bad, yeah. just different. Yeah, it's going to be different. We're going to get used to this new time slot ourselves, but it's like, I th but overall, I think we did well today. It went well. Yeah. Um, but just a little bit shorter for today. But thank you so much for everyone that hung out with us. Let me go ahead and check out Twitch and see who we can go drop a raid on. So we can go send the love to someone. I am not used to raiding on Mondays. I have no clue who's even on. Nope. Stop it. My computer's like loading weirdly. 
There we go. It's like it wasn't loading names and stuff, and it's like, I need to know their names so I know who I'm raiding. <laughs> so this is not the moment to act up. Well, I'll say this for a fact, there's a ton of people on compared to what there usually is when we try and raid out. Ah, oh, there we go, we can go raid Xena, she's on there now. Just make sure she's not disappeared like last week when we tried to raid Junk. <laughs> Dude, that was hilarious. He was so apologetic, I'm like... He felt no, so bad jerk. for that, yeah. and I'm like... It's like, I take back the raid, I unraid you. But we're gonna go check out Xena and the Heroes, our good friend Xena. Please go and show her some love. Go and hang out with her and um, send all the love her way. And we will see you all. Um, I will see you all tomorrow night um, for more playthrough of Guardians of the Galaxy as I continue that playthrough. So see you all tomorrow night at 30 and we'll see you next Sunday for some DD. Remember, it's a good week to be a geek. Take care, everyone. Adios. Oh. 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 Oh.